When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Thursday, October 15th, and you're tuned into the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. I'm Joe Noga, joined by Paul Hoynes, our tribe beat writer. Hoynes, the uh, American League and National League Championship Series both uh, soldiered on last night with the Astros staying alive, pulling out a, a win against the uh, Rays down 3-0, now uh, bringing them to 3-1 in that series. And the Dodgers, in, in what was probably a do-or-die game for them, uh, really made a statement early scoring 11 runs in the first inning, winning 15-3 to three, uh, to come back in that series, down 2-1 now. Uh, what did you see last night that, that impressed you about uh, both games? Um, you know, I thought the, um, you know, Granke was, was interesting um, when he said, uh, you know, they, they asked, you know, uh, Dusty Baker finally showed faith in him. He said, you know, the, since he was with the Astros and since he came to the Astros, you know, not, not too many people have had confidence in him, you know, leaving him in ball games. Like they took him out of the world series game last year. I think, wasn't it the early, right. Or it was early, yeah. or something? And uh, <laughs> only Greinke would say something like that in the postseason. He was like Trevor Bauer before Trevor Bauer even right. knew he was Trevor Bauer. Well, early, earlier in the day he was talking, he was asked about, you know, playing with in, in front of no fans. And he said, yeah, I kind of like it. I prefer it to, to play in front of fans. Again, he's in the past, he's, he's had uh, like social anxiety issues and, and talked about that at length. So that might have something to do with it. But yeah, it, it was weird to, to, you know, hear from a, a pitcher, uh, you know, say, hey, hey, they finally left me in a game. Kind of, yeah, kind of I, was listening to, I was listening to one of the uh, baseball talk shows, uh, uh, MLB Network. And one of the hosts said uh, during spring training, you know, he tried to get a talk to Granky for an interview, and, and Granky wouldn't talk to him. And then, uh, you know, later in the day, Granky walked past him, and the guy said, "Hey, hey, Zach, thanks for uh, considering the, uh, you know, doing the interview with me." And, and Granky stopped, turned around, walked back up to him, and he goes, "I never considered it." <laughs> <laughs> well, there's see, there's a difference between honesty and and, and you know, like just that that looks sort of mean streak that is sometimes like, like Trevor would, would get like a little bit of a mean streak sometimes about stuff like that. Uh, and, and of course the Dodgers scoring 11 times in the first inning, uh, uh, 10 of those runs, I think came with two, uh, with, with two outs, you said, uh, yeah, just a, a demonstration of, of what they can do uh, and why uh, 
Atlanta, you know, was in a position to sort of keep their foot on the throat, and now uh, now things are sort of up in the air. Yeah, and uh, what they hit, the Dodgers hit three home runs in that first inning, uh, just uh, a big, big inning, a big statement, and. I guess they scored like they almost came back. Well, they came back a little bit in game two. Mm -hmm. uh, they scored four runs in the ninth inning. And, it all, you know, just from reading the stories and uh, it sounded like that was, there was a carryover into the first right. inning uh, last night. So, you know, that's a good thing to see. A good thing for Dave Roberts, because if he doesn't get out of this, this round and get, at least get to the postseason, like we were saying uh, the other day, Joe, I think his, his job would be in jeopardy. All right. Uh, as far as the Indians go, uh, a little bit of news yesterday. Uh, some award nominations came out. We mentioned at the, the tail end of yesterday's uh, podcast, Jose Ramirez, uh, one of the finalists for American League Hank Aaron Award. And uh, then later on in the day, we found out the Players' Choice Award nominations came out. And Shane Bieber uh, up for Outstanding Pitcher. Uh, James Karinchak is a finalist for Outstanding Rookie. And in a kind of a surprise, I think, uh, Carlos Carrasco and Jose Ramirez are both finalists for the Comeback Player of the Year Award. Um, what, do, what do you think the chances are the Indians or somebody from the Indians takes home some hardware from, uh, from one of those awards? Yeah, I think uh, Bieber obviously is the favorite there, Joe. I, I think, uh, you know, he was nominated for two awards, right? The best, you know, outstanding AL pitcher and, and out, you know, outstanding MLB player overall. So he's got to, I would think he'd come away with one of those. Uh, Carrasco, to me, is a great comeback story, I would think. Uh, you know, the way he regained his spot in the rotation. Uh, and, uh, you know, Karen Chick's got a chance. I, I, I do not know too much about the uh, – the two other rookies, the Seattle rookie. Oh, well, we know a lot Kyle, about Luis Robert. We know about Luis Robert and Kyle Lewis, I think, uh, sort of overtook uh, Luis Robert. Robert started a slump in, in September. Yeah. Uh, and, and Kyle Lewis just stayed consistent. I think he's probably the favorite for Rookie of the Year uh, in the, the BBWAA awards. So uh, I would think uh, Karinczak probably finishes third in, in that race. But Karachak's strikeout totals are, you know, he led right. all MLB relievers in strikeouts and for a rookie. That's, you know, that's got to mean something. And uh, so I think, you know, that's, that's at least that's something to hang his hat on. Right. Uh, I'm not trying to take anything away from uh, Karachak's season, but I, I think the, the way the pecking order is going to go is Kyle Lewis, Luis Robert, and Karachak. Yeah. Uh, in, and it's, it's tough. Uh, you know, uh, every you know the the position guys play every day, and I think that might get more consideration than than a relief. Were, were you surprised that Jose Ramirez was nominated for Comeback Player of the Year instead of overall MLB Player of the Year? Uh, yeah, the guy, I was. The guy, the guy who led all of MLB in uh, F WAR with the three point four uh, for the season, just by any statistical measure, you know, pound for pound, the, the best player on the in the league this, this past year. Yeah, you know, I think uh, I was surprised at that. Um, I was, uh, I think maybe something that came into play there, Joe, it said uh, that the, the players voted on that in mid-September and Jose really didn't get hot until, you know, the second half of the September. And that, that's, you know, really, that's really when he carried the Indians into the, into the postseason. So, you know, that may have been uh, overlooked on the voting. 
Yeah, I think anybody who would who, who would have voted on what September twenty third, uh, the, the day after, yeah. uh, the day after Ramirez hit that home run, I think anybody in the league would have uh, would have put him number one on the uh, the the ballot. But uh, who knows when they when they took their votes? I think those awards will be announced on October twenty second. So uh, we'll keep an eye out for that and, and see if the any of the Indians can take home any awards there. That's that's what the offseason is for us right now is we're sort of in that holding pattern, just checking to see who wins awards and whose contract options get picked up, I guess, are our uh, big uh, goals for the next few weeks here. Uh, Hoinsey, we, uh, you posted the other day um, the grades. We, we already talked about the grades for the, the Indians hitters. Uh, that we passed out. We're going to talk today about the grades that you uh, uh, ranked in terms of the Indians pitchers. Uh, today we'll do the starters. Tomorrow to wrap up the week we'll do the relievers. Uh, so you know right off the top let's jump right into it. Uh, report card day I guess for the Indian starters uh, and, and we'll start at the top with Shane Bieber and, and his grade was pretty obvious to anybody who watched yeah. him, him pitch a game this year. Uh, you gave Shane Bieber an A+. Yeah, we didn't. Uh, you didn't need to grade on, Beaver on the curve. He he was he was a uh, you know the at the top of the class. Um, led the big leagues in the ERA wins, strikeouts. I think he was second in innings pitched. I mean, you know, he he lost one game and uh, just just a uh, you know just a uh, like a tour de force from from the opener to the to the end of the season. Just a. A great season, uh, you know, and we've talked about this before. I, I just would have liked to seen how it uh, played out during 162, and I'm sure he would have as well. Uh, question, the way he was trending at the end of the season, do you think he over, uh, over the course of a 162-game uh, season where he would have gotten maybe 30 starts, do you think the numbers would have been different? Would he have been able to maintain his leads in those three categories? Or do you think there would have been some some sort of fall off at some point? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, we saw it, Joe. He wasn't going as deep in the games, you know, uh, in September. I think uh, the number of strikeouts, you know, ran his pitch count up so much that he had trouble getting a little deeper in the games. Hitters, uh, teams were starting to make adjustments to him. Kansas City did a, did a really good job. Chicago did a good job just, uh, you know, waiting him out, not swinging at his break ball and uh, make it, you know, just throw, just wait, you know, being real patient. And, uh, but I think, it, you know, he, he's a smart enough guy. He would have adjusted, but it would have been interesting to just see how, how that, uh, the number of pitches, if it took a toll on him as, as he, you know, as he got deeper into a reg, a traditional season. Right. And, and, the, and the one sort of maybe saving grace, uh, if there is one of this 60 game season is that, you know, Beaver did have this awesome season, but didn't have to burn himself out. Like, uh, you know, you, you get into the whole idea of uh, Corey Kluber towards the last couple of years that he was with the Indians. They rode him so hard for so many years, uh, for so many years, for so many innings uh, that by the end, he's, he's not as, he's not Corey Kluber anymore. So yeah, you don't want to see that happen. This is, this is maybe a chance for Bieber to, to recover and recoup and, you know, come back next year and, and not have as much mileage on his arm. Yeah, that's a great point. And we saw, you know, uh, Kluber put up those 
big, big strikeout numbers in the, early in that run, that five-year run. And then he kind of changed, you know, then he started pitching more to contact because he didn't want to run that pitch count up. Um, and, uh, you know, and then you, you got to count in all the postseasons he pitched in. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's wear and tear as well. So, yeah, it's uh, for pitchers and frontline pitchers, you know, with three rounds of the postseason, right? And if you get go deep into those games, you're almost pitching another, you know, month. Right. You know, right. at least another month. Yeah. Of the season. So, yeah, it takes a toll, and you really got to take care of yourself during the offseason be interesting to see if he makes that adjustment next year and pitches more to contact and goes a little deeper into games, knowing that the, the strikeouts they'll happen. You know, it's just a, a matter of uh, how much can you, you get into games. All right, let's uh, move on to the uh, number two guy in the rotation, Carlos Carrasco. Uh, you gave him a B. Yeah, I thought Carlos had a, you know, really good a bounce back season, really a, an inspiring story. Uh, kind of was, was a little sluggish at the beginning, you know, after he had had the great first start, but then I really loved the way he picked it up. You know, the last six, maybe four, five or six starts mm-hmm. had an ERA. You know, real low ERA. He didn't get a lot of run support, but I thought he really pitched well. Really reestablished himself as a starter. Uh, broke broke out the curveball, and his velocity ticked up as well. So that was encouraging. Yeah, I didn't get a lot of run support is uh, something you could repeat for all five of these Indian uh, <laughs> starters uh, in the rotation. But uh, I, you, something you just mentioned right there was the velocity uptick for, for Carrasco. And I think that's what was really encouraging. And that's what really sort of probably got him that game to start in, yeah. uh, in, in the playoffs was the fact that he had pitched well those, those last six, seven starts, but the velocity, and, and, and Carl Willis mentioned it over and over again, the, the velocity uptick and his command was there. Uh, and when those two things happen, Carlos Carrasco is a pretty tough pitcher to, to beat. So, uh, you know, a- absolutely. Uh, the way he finished down the stretch, I thought, uh, you know, B was a, a very, very good, very well-deserved grade. Uh, Aaron Savali, the next uh, guy on the list, and you gave him a B as well. I'm assuming that's based mostly on his early season performance. Yeah, I, I just liked, uh, I thought the fact that, this is his first uh, real, real full season in the big leagues. Not a full season, but you know, first time he was in the rotation, uh, you know, from from the get go. And I really liked the innings he pitched. I thought that was important for the Indians. He went uh, six innings, at least six innings, in, in every every one of his starts, but his last start maybe. Yeah. I think he ran into a little trouble there, but you know, did the innings. I think he was maybe third in the, in, in the American league in innings pitched. Right. Um, his, he didn't, you know, he had some problems. He threw the only complete game of the season for the Indians. Didn't get, you know, had some problems early. I thought early in, in, in the games, but he, I really liked the way he competed. I liked the fact that, you know, he's the bullpen was, could get a, a, a bit of a rest every time he went out there. And I thought that was, that really said a lot about him as, as at such a young point in his career 74 innings and he only walked 16 batters that's that's pretty good uh you know regardless of whether you're getting the run support or not and you're out there and you've got all the other factors going on in your head uh being able to lock in and focus and not give in to the to the hitters and and uh you know stay confident in that way 
16 walks in 74 innings is pretty good for, for anybody in his, his first full year in the bigs. And I know he kind of had an elevated ERA too. So, but I, I, I just thought the innings, the workload was impressive to me. Yeah. He, as we start to move away from ERA as a, as an indicator of whether or not you're uh, you're having a good year, I think uh, it's uh, it, you know you can give up some runs. It's not a big deal. Uh, next grade on the uh, the roster here is Zach Plesac, and you gave Zach Plesac a C plus. I, I thought that was a bit of a surprise, uh, at least for me. Uh, I I thought Plesac was probably one of the Indians' better pitchers, uh, especially down the stretch, but. Uh, you, you had a couple of reasons here for giving him a C plus. Yeah, you know, I thought, um, I just thought, you know, I, I agree with you. He pitched very, very well. Probably pitched above a C plus. But I, I don't think you can overlook the fact that he, that he, he basically put himself before, before the team. He, he let the ball club down. He missed four or five starts, and uh, you know that was that wasn't because of injury. That was because he, you know because of a, a mistake in judgment, an error in judgment. And, uh, you know, I, I don't know if you can reward that or not, but, you know, just on, on the field, I thought he had a great year. I, I thought he pitched well. I, I really would have, you know, I, I'm now, you know, you second guess and you think Oh, back. no, no. I'm not telling you to second guess. No, no, I'm not, I'm not second guess that, but I, I was wondering, I would have loved to seen him pitch, pitch, you know, and get, get, get that game three start against the Yankees. You know, I, I right. thought, I, I think he was primed for that, but he's, you know, his, you know, he's a lot of, lot of, uh, there's a lot of things he's, I mean, his career is on the upswing. Right. I just, uh, you know, it's, it's a hard lesson to learn. And I, I, I think the Indians would have been in a better spot if he had just uh, did what everyone else did. Well, think about it. Uh, you know, four games, uh, that he missed. If the Indians win two or three of those games, they're they're in a different position, and they're maybe not playing the Yankees in the first round. Uh, they're maybe uh, you know in the in the number two seed hosting uh, hosting the White Sox again. Uh, who yeah. knows? That's yeah. that that's a whole uh, you know different scenario. Uh, but I think from a purely pitching standpoint, just you know the guy on the mound and what he's thrown and what he's doing game to game. I thought Zach Plesac was probably the Indians' second best pitcher this year behind Bieber, just from a stuff standpoint. Yeah, stuff standpoint, he, definitely. He was able to throw whatever he wanted in whatever count. He attacked hitters, and he had a confidence out there on the mound when he was in a game uh, that, you know, it, I thought it was only second to, uh, to Bieber on the team. He had ace stuff at times uh, during this past yeah. season, so it'll be – Really interesting to see uh, next going in next year uh, what he what he's able to accomplish. He he was able to tweak things, you know, with his curveball, with his changeup, uh, and and they said he had hips this year. His uh, he opened up his hips and he had movement. Right. And one of the things that that um, that Clevenger had told us about Plesac was that that the kid has hips now, and uh, it's very important for a young pitcher. And you know he he got it. He's so athletic that. Um, it's, it's exciting to think about what he can do for the next couple of years. Yeah, and uh, what, slider might be his best pitch after his fastball, right? And mm -hmm. I think right. the opposition hit like, what, one-something, 167 against it or some crazy stat, you know, the, yeah. the baseball savant stat. So, yeah, you know, that's encouraging. All right, well, speaking of excited about the future, uh, Tristan McKenzie, we gave uh, 
Plainsy, you gave McKenzie a C, but uh, I'm sure that C comes with a lot of caveats. Yeah, yeah. I just thought, you know, he, uh, he's, he's here. He finally got here. It's a big plus. Um, I like, you know, great, great debut against the Tigers. I think his uh, velocity kind of varied a little bit, you know, as, and Carl Willis said that was because he just hasn't competed enough, you know, since what, the second half of 2018. That was the last time he was really in comp game competition. So, you know, I think that was understandable, but, uh, you know, it looks like, uh, you know, he's got a, I mean, he's, you know, really good finish on his fastball. Uh, you know, 94 to 95, uh, good breaking ball, and he looks confident out there. So, yeah, I, you can't, I can't wait to see more, more of Tristan. I think he's – as long as he can stay healthy and, uh, you know, and I think he's, he's kind of committed to that now. He knows what, how he has to take care of his body and his shoulder. I think, uh, you know, this is really – he's going to be fun to watch next year. Right, and, you know, we heard about his – oh, he's developing his slider. He's working on his slider. And, and he threw his slider uh, – for, for, for a guy who's working on the pitch, he threw it quite a bit, and, and it was effective uh, at, at times. It was effective when he came out of the bullpen as well, uh, late in the season and, and in the playoffs. So, yeah, I, 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 just, I think, uh, you know, he, he made it possible for them to trade Mike Clevenger. By yeah. He, by him coming out and, you know – saying, okay, we've got something here. It was easier to trade away Mike Clevenger. And I think the Mike Clevenger trade had to happen uh, because of the, the circumstances. So, so yeah, I, Tristan McKenzie gave the, gave the Indians options at least this year. And, uh, that, you know, that was a, a big plus. And like we said, we're, we're looking forward to seeing what we can. And he was fun to talk to, you know. Yeah, he was, he's a good he was kid. Super yeah. easy to talk to after games, too. So, yeah, I, I really enjoyed him. Uh, I like the fact that he's kind of a young pitcher and, he, you know, you could tell Perez, Roberto Perez would be, you know, he, he was shaking Roberto off a lot and <laughs> Roberto was saying, oh, he's just a young guy. So he's got to learn. He's got to learn that aspect of it as well, too. Uh, I bet you he comes in at some point next year and just says, yep, I'm not shaking you. I'm just yeah, going to yeah, throw right. off. That, that, that's going to happen at some point. All right. Finally, among the starters, we have uh, sort of the mop-up guy, uh, Adam Pletko. Uh, he came in uh, around that time when, when Clevenger uh, and, and Plesak were uh, sort of exiled and he got a couple of starts and, you know, you get a spot start here or there. Um, and it was kind of an up and down season for a guy who, who gave the Indians innings and gave them a chance to win in 2019 when he pitched. Yeah. It really wasn't the case for Plutko in 2020. Yeah. And I, I thought, uh, you know, when he had that chance when Clevenger was sent down. I thought, okay, this is, you know, this is a chance for Adam to get back in, in the groove here. And uh, he, you know, he had that, I think he, he start, he had the one good start way, you know, early in the season, the, the, the double header, mm -hmm. you know, when he started the second game against the White Sox, he pitched very well there, but, you know, when he got the chance to kind of take a regular turn in the rotation, uh, it didn't work out so well, but I, you know, I, th I, I liked his versatility. I liked his attitude. You know, he never really, uh, at least, you know, when on the Zoom calls with us when we talked to him, he was always forthcoming. He was always confident. He was, um, you know, he, he and he was willing to do it. You know, he was willing to pitch in that role. And I think uh, when you see a guy that's been around, you know, as 
and he's, he doesn't have a lot of service no, time, but it seems like he's been around forever. And when you see a guy willing to do that, I think that's a good influence on the rest, rest of the staff, the rest of the roster. Yeah, he did show, uh, you know, some leadership uh, during that whole clevenger Plesak, uh crisis. Uh, and, and he delivered the quote of the year, as far as I'm concerned, when he, when he stepped up and he said, he said what everybody was thinking in that clubhouse. Uh, and he said, you know, those guys hurt us. And, yeah. and that was his quote. And uh, I thought, you know, from a leadership standpoint, you know, maybe didn't have the, the greatest year on the field, but uh, he, was, he was very important to the team in that clubhouse during the season. All and right. it's going to be interesting to see where, you know, he's out of options, Joe. So what, what happened? It's going to be interesting to see what this offseason brings for him. Yeah, absolutely. All right, Hoinsey, uh, that'll wrap up the, uh, the starters. We'll, we'll go through the relievers tomorrow and, and review what happens. Uh, wh what do you think your chances, uh, the, the chances are tonight that we're talking uh, tomorrow morning about the, uh, the Rays advancing to the World Series? You know, I think they're very good. I think the Rays are ready. I think, uh, you know, give, give, the, give Houston, you know, the tip of the cap for hanging in there. But the Rays are on a roll right now, I, and it's going to – you know what? Not many teams are coming back from 3-0. You no. know, even so, I think the Rays are ready to uh, celebrate. Really. All right. We'll check in tomorrow on the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. Mm -hmm.